Heroin addiction is bad, but abscesses are a whole other problem. I'm Kevin Leeson. Withdrawal orgasm. Putting the dick in addiction. I'm Torin Atkinson. Today we'll be laying the smack down, and you probably should too. I'm Joe Fulgham, and this is Caustic Soda. All right. Oh, wait, are we going to do what we did with the alcohol and uh, marijuana episodes? Because no. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess that's uh, how we should open this topic. Who around the table has done heroin in any way, shape, or form? No, never. I don't even know all the ways and shapes and forms to do heroin. I might have said this on another podcast at some point, but uh, I was at a party once and somebody offered me opium. Mm -hmm. And I said to them, I said, well, I'm not that interested. Uh, because I'm pretty sure it's terribly addictive. And he goes, oh, yeah, no, I can never quit doing it. I'm totally hooked. <laughs> and I went, well, then why would I want to start doing it? And he kind of looked at me like this was a big revelation, and he went, oh, yeah, that's a good point. You probably shouldn't do it. <laughs> wow. Well, that's good of him, I guess. Yeah. 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 So uh, let's let's say to our listeners, uh, don't don't get other people to well, do these. Opiates. Well, we're going to well, make it so glamorous. I'm oh, sure. I see, well, yeah. no, I, I was going to do. say, Joe. Yep, let's just talk. Let's talk it out. Let's have a whole episode. Okay. And then the end of the episode, right. we'll let everybody make their own decision. Sure. Right. Because I'm you sure know? it's not that bad, really. Well, How could it be that bad if people do it? Well, the word uh, heroin, word origin, 1898, coined as a trademark registered by Friedrich Bayer and Company for their morphine substitute. Oh, oh Tra- wow. Traditionally from the Greek heros, meaning demigod, because of its perceived heroic effect on the user. Oh, okay. So it is like heroin when a female protagonist. Mm-hmm. It's, it's certainly the same root. Right. Right. Um, and from Bayer, the makers of... Aspirin. aspirin and whatnot exactly uh and there's a uh, i found a quote from a publication at the time a new hypnotic to which the name of heroin has been given has been tried in the medical clinic of professor gerhardt in berlin the lancet december 3rd 1898 nice a, new, okay. a new hypnotic i wonder mm-hmm. how you would take that at that time what would be i guess we'll might get into that the how you would administer some heroin there well, in the late 1800s there are more than a few ways to administer it uh, you can do it, and we'll get into that. We'll get into all the different methods of administration. I assume they like painted it onto their chest. Yes, that like a, uh, a like, like Vicks, Vicks vapor, vapor rub. rub. Yeah, <laughs> heroin vapor rub. Uh, smack is from 1942 American English slang, probably an alteration of Yiddish schmeck. Oh, which schmeck. means a drug. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, it's not an insult, <laughs> like I assume most. Yiddish, Yiddish words, words are to that, be that we use. What a schmutz! What a schmeck! <laughs> what a yutz and a klutz and a <laughs> putz. Pharmacophobia is the fear of drugs or taking medicine. Mm-hmm. And at one point, this was considered medicine. Right mm-hmm. now, why why did they start calling it smack? Is it because oh, I felt I feel smacked? No, it's an alteration of the Yiddish schmeck. Oh, mm-hmm. well, because you don't want to go. Hey, I need some heroin when there might be cops I around. Need, I need yeah. some smack. Yeah. All right. Known by its chemical composition as diacetylmorphine, heroin is an opioid analgesic synthesized by adding two acetyl groups to the morphine molecule, which is found naturally in the opium poppy. Okay, so it comes from opium. Yes. Opium uh, it creates morphine, and it also creates heroin. Pop quiz? I'm um, okay. 
I'm going to get all of them wrong. <laughs> You're predicting your la- utter lack of knowledge of all things heroin. It's going to be surprising how bad we're going to get this, considering how much we're going to read out later. What is the largest heroin-producing country in the world? Ooh. I know it was Afghanistan, but mm-hmm. I don't think it... I'm oh. going to say Afghanistan, though, because uh, it was. I don't know if it is anymore. John, what do you think? Just say India. Uh, it's Afghanistan. In 2004, Afghanistan produced roughly 87% of the world's supply in raw opium. Mm-hmm. What is the second largest heroin producing country in the world? Mm. Second largest heroin producing. Uh, Amer- Afghanistan. America. <laughs> Bafghanistan? <laughs> nice. I like that. The somehow affiliated to BAFTA? No, he just thinks British? it's alphabetical. Yeah. It's oh. Afghanistan, Bafghanistan, Kafghanistan, Dafghan. Yeah, and it goes on and on. Yeah. Uh, what did you say, Tom? I say the United States of America. Before 2007, it was Burma. Okay. Oh. Uh, in what is referred to as the Golden Triangle oh. of opium production. I've oh, heard those words. Oh, the Golden Triangle. Uh, but f- since 2007... That's uh, what they ring when the heroin's ready. Come and get it. Yeah. Uh, since 2007, production rate in Mexico has risen sixfold, passing Burma to become the second largest opium okay. producer. Oh, congratulations, Mexico. Mm-hmm. How many Americans have tried heroin uh, as of 2011? Is this a percentage or a number? Uh, well, it's a number. I mean, you can figure from each because there's about 300 million. Americans, yeah, I've got, a, I've, got a, I've got a percentage and I've got a number. Okay, well, I would do percentage mm-hmm. and I will say, does it include babies? Uh, this is actually Americans aged 12 or older. <laughs> 12 or older. Okay, good mm-hmm. to know. Good yep. to know. I'm going to say 11%. I've tried heroin. Sure. <laughs> okay. All right. That's a that's a, that's uh, a bold. more people have tried heroin than gay sex. Like <laughs> ten million. Ten million people is what you say yeah. uh, out of three hundred million. About, about three hundred. Well, if it's twelve or older, I don't know what the numbers are, but yeah, yeah but it's about three hundred million people. So you're saying like three percent kind of thing. something like yeah. that. Uh, Four point two million Americans age twelve or older, or one point six percent, have used heroin at least once in their life. Oh, okay. I was wrong. Uh, what is the rate of dependence amongst users? I don't know. You know what that means? Dependence is where you are. Uh, you are physically dependent, and that if you stop using it, you will go into withdrawal. But the rate means like how many people are addicted? Is uh, what of you're individuals asking? who use heroin, yeah. how many become dependent? Right. Okay. Oh. Percentage wise. Percentage. Eighty-eight percent. I'm gonna say like it's probably low because I I, I I'm gonna change I my answer. I'm gonna change my answer. <laughs> no, too no, late. Sixty-six percent. You said eighty-eight percent. You're locked in. You're locked in. Uh, you don't have to say final answer on this game show. Again, I don't know how accurate it is, but I, I'm pretty sure that there are some non-dependent heroin users who don't really have much of a problem with it. So I'm gonna say it's like twenty-five percent become dependent. Certainly, if you believe a lot of the anti-drug campaigns, mm-hmm. uh, torn would probably people would feel torn be more right. But mm-hmm. Joe. You are practically spot on. Oh, it is wow. estimated 23% of hero- uh, of individuals who use heroin become dependent. Wow. How many grades of heroin are there? For the record, I'm still not rolling those dice. Is it like ABC? Uh, no, it's one, two, three, four. Well, then I'm going to say four. Oh, shit. I gave it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got one right. Yeah. Them. This is why I don't do pop quizzes. I'm terrible at these. Heroin purity has been classified into four grades. Uh, number four is the purest form, white powder or sure. salt, which can easily oh. be dissolved and injected. It requires just water and no heat to dissolve it. Oh, okay. Number three is brown sugar or a uh, base. Okay. It is best for smoking 
When prepared for injection, it will only dissolve in water when mixed with an acid, either citric acid powder or lemon juice, and then heated. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's Numbers. the thing we see in movies with the spoon and the, and the flame. Is that what that is? I'm guessing. Yeah. Okay. I know. Uh, number two and number one are unprocessed raw heroin uh, assault or base. Wait, what's the difference between number one and number two? I think it's just uh, one. One is a salt and one is a base. Oh, okay. So just uh, I think uh, different coarseness. Yeah, they're 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 uh, they, it's a byproduct of the uh, of the process that comes out slightly different. What is skin popping? Oh, that's when you eat too many pop rocks. Oh, I like the way this is going. And they just start to come right out of right on the on the stomach and your belly. All right, people they just do like start to like, burrow through. People do they, like to mix they, heroin like, with things. They like eat their way through the, the stomach lining and your <laughs> muscles and your fat and then your skin and then it starts to come So right this up. is this is basically the heroin version of eating a pop rock and chugging a coke where the the old yes. urban legend would be your stomach would explode. Yep. And uh you're you're thinking this is the heroin version That's of that. skin popping. Yeah. Mhm. All I can think of is like the meth thing of picking which is that uh it somehow you know comes to the surface and you want to pick the scab and even get the drug out of it. Uh-huh. I know Skin Poppins was the porn version of Mary Poppins, but you <laughs> yeah. said Skin Popping, right? <laughs> yeah, Not Poppins. Uh, Skin okay. Popping, correct. Skin Popping is a method of administration whereby drugs are injected under the skin and then enter circulation by diffusing into the capillary network. Oh, so not into the vein. Not into the vein. Skin Popping is distinct from intravenous use in that an intravenous injection deposits the drug directly into the bloodstream. Hmm. Skin Popping increases the duration of the high one gets from the drugs because it's a slower release. Right. Okay. So you don't get high and pass out. You like 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 we see in uh, train spotting and things like that. Yeah. But you, yeah, okay, I got it. What is plugging? Oh, plugging. Ooh, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why'd you make a face? It can be, I, purely, it can be totally I, innocent. Be, I, 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 I plug my, uh, I put the stopper in my drain <laughs> to plug my sink, right? Yeah. You know, we're, This is caustic soda and we're talking about uh, horrible drugs. Uh, po- plugging. Uh, Joe? Yeah? You're judging again. I, I said wait till the end of the episode. Okay. Just hold your judgment for so the time being until forget. we know all the until all the facts are in. Okay, plugging is what uh, heroin addiction does to your butt. Hmm? Plugging is when you love the feel of heroin, mm-hmm. but you don't like to hear it being sizzled under a spoon, so you plug your ears. Ah, I see. So it's an auditory and, thing. Like, yeah, and, and yeah. Uh, plugging is the suppository or pessary method of administration by which drugs are inserted into either the anus hmm. or the vagina. Oh. Mm-hmm. And you uh, absorb them through the mucous membranes. In, uh, I could also places. do that with my urethra, though, if I wanted to, right? Yeah. That's, that's a mucous membrane. Yeah, there. there's I a could... mucous membrane in there. Probably sure. hurt more. Probably in a much thinner pill. That sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> hey, uh, there's some people who like that stuff. Sure. There's somebody who likes everything. What is slamming? Oh, mm-hmm. that's when you put when you set the needle up, you put it in like a hole in the wall. Oh, and then you get and run to the other side of the room, right? And then you just run for it. This is the punk rock version yeah. of injecting. Yeah. So Got not it. only not only do you just whack yourself against the wall, but you get a heroin injection at the same time. Yeah, and you, you're practicing uh, your moshing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mosh practice with heroin. Helmet optional. Got it. Uh, slamming is when you inject the needle really, really fast into yourself, like just overhand strike straight down into your chest cavity. Well, it's, it's just a, uh, common, a nickname for, uh, intravenous injection. Okay. okay. Yeah. When you're slamming heroin. Gonna slam me some smack. So yeah. we were both right. Cause we were both talking about needles. Getting yes. Injected. Slam smackers. Correct. We were going over the top. 
The opium poppy was cultivated in lower Mesopotamia as long ago as 3400 BCE. Mm. The chemical analysis of opium in the 19th century revealed that most of its activity could be ascribed to two alkaloids, codeine and morphine. Okay. Diacetylmorphine was first synthesized in 1874. Sure. That kind of, when I was doing the historical research, that was probably the most surprising part. Like, so that'll that, be earlier? That, that is as, uh, heroin has only existed since 1874. Right. But opium has existed for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Or since 3500 BCE. Yeah. Hmm. Thousands, one might say. Uh, one might even say that. Uh, it was first synthesized in 1874 by C.R. Alder Wright, an English chemist working at St. Mary's Hospital Medical School in London. He had been experimenting with combining morphine and various acids and produced a more potent acetylated form of morphine. This compound was sent to F.M. Pierce of Owens College for analysis. Pierce wrote to Wright, I accidentally injected this into my veins. It was awesome. <laughs> that, that's how it started. No. <laughs> uh, oh, he's a stuffy British oh, yes. doctor. <laughs> Doses were subcutaneously injected into young dogs and rabbits oh. with the following general results. <laughs> Great prostration. Oh. Fear. And sleepiness speedily following the administration, the eyes being sensitive and pupils constrict, considerable salivation being produced in dogs, and slight tendency to vomiting in some cases, but no actual emesis. Wait, what's emesis? Actually, vomit coming out. Mm-hmm. Remember fecal oh, emesis? A, oh, a tendency to vomit, but not... Like they go... Uh, dry oh, heaving, okay. basically. Okay, I got it. Respiration was at first quickened, but subsequently reduced, and the heart's action was diminished and rendered irregular. Marked want of coordinating power over the muscular movements and loss of power in the pelvis and hind limbs, together with diminution of temperature in the rectum of about four degrees. Why was he measuring? No, he's a scientist. Yeah, you do get to measure everything. Yeah. I guess if you try and take the oral temperature of a dog, he's just going to bite the thermometer. So you got to go the butt. Well, then there's the panting, which, of yeah. course, actually did regulates the temperature. the length of the dog change at all? Oh, did they shrink or expand? Uh, no, no. Heroin doesn't have that effect. I think it has some, some shrinkage. Uh, Wright's invention did not lead to any further developments, and diacetylmorphine only became popular after it was independently resynthesized 21 years later by another chemist, Felix Hoffman. Oh, huh. Hoffman worked for a company that would eventually become the Bayer pharmaceutical giant and was trying to produce codeine, pharmacologically similar to morphine, but less potent and less addictive. Instead, the experiment produced an acetylated form of morphine two times more potent than morphine itself. Nice. So that is, uh, that's a failed experiment? You're trying to produce codeine, which would be less addictive and less potent. Right. And instead, you accidentally create super heroin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, super morphine. Super morphine. Right. Yeah, I like the fact that there was 21 years where our C.R. Alder Wright could have become like the ultimate, you know, uh, heroin pusher. Yeah, and Just threw uh, it in the garbage on, on dogs anyway. Well, so first ones for free, right? You know, you get to the dog, mm. dog takes it to the owner, Woof. right? Owner gets hooked. Bada bing, bada boom, you got an international network. Look, he's brought you a present. In 1898, Bayer marketed diacetylmorphine as an over-the-counter drug under the trademark name of heroin as a morphine substitute and cough suppressant. <laughs> mm, you're not I, interested it, in coughing when you're that loaded. Is it? I wonder if it actually, would it help suppress my cough? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, at the time, morphine was a popular recreational drug and Bayer wished to find a non-addictive substitute. Heroin would soon have one of the highest rates of dependence amongst users. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. much for non-addictive substitutes. Nope. 
Uh, later, as with aspirin, Bayer lost some of its trademark rights to heroin under the 1919 Treaty of Versailles oh. following the German defeat in World War I. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Not that it really mattered because the U.S. passed a 1914 Narcotics Tax Act to control the sale and distribution of diacetylmorphine and other opioids, but still allowed the drug to be prescribed and sold for medical purposes. Okay. In 1924, Congress outright banned its sale, importation, or manufacture. Okay. Well. The Health Committee of the League of Nations banned diacetylmorphine in 1925, although it took more than three years for this ban to be implemented. Hmm. As a result, the world's first designer drugs, acetylated analogs of closely related drugs like hydromorphone and dihydromorphone, were produced in massive quantities to fill the worldwide demand for diacetylmorphine until 1930, when the committee banned all analogs with no therapeutic advantage, the first major legislation of this type. Okay. Stop making your heroin knockoffs. Yeah. yeah. Look, man, we banned heroin. It's bad. Stop making stuff that isn't technically heroin, but is also bad. Right. Well, it mean, just has the same kind of like, yeah. you know, hey, guess what? Companies like to sell things that people take and then can't stop taking ever. Mm-hmm. In the science. We have no sound for that. Cause yeah. <laughs> Hmm, I wonder, I wonder Sci- how this works. Scientists are working on I'll it. I'll test it. <laughs> That's a beaker boiling or something. Oh, I thought okay. it was like a... Oh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Yeah. Yeah. A speed racer or whatever. Uh... All science. As with other opioids, diacetylmorphine has both a legal, medically prescribed use as an analgesic and cough suppressant and an anti-diarrhea drug. Hey, isn't uh, opioid... That's that uh, monster that shoots things out of its uh, triceratop thing. That you like, the cartoon. Oh, the Herculoids. Oh, yeah, that. Yeah, they should make a cartoon called the Opioids. <laughs> yeah, what would it look like? Just a bunch of people shivering and going, oh, <laughs> basically oh, be oh, a oh, Sid and Marty Croft production. <laughs> yeah, all these like, wide-eyed puppets. Eyed puppets yeah. you know. uh, so it has the medically prescribed use, and it has a recreational use. Right. No surprises there. Mm-hmm. Tolerance develops quickly in users, and increased doses are needed in order to achieve the same effects. Its popularity with recreational drug users compared to morphine stems from its perceived different effects. Okay. In particular, users report an intense rush, an acute transcendent state of euphoria, which occurs while diacetylmorphine is being metabolized in the brain, into six ma'am. Six, uh, six ma'am. Six ladies? Six, six dancing ladies in your head? Six monoacetylmorphine. Six ma'am. All right. I, yeah. A psychoactive metabolite. Ooh, all right. All right. Again, it sounds like something from uh, the opioids. Car- uh, yeah, uh, they're, all hunting, they're all That's hunting right. for metabolite. <laughs> metabolite smash your brain with his psychoactive attack. <laughs> uh, when compared to other opioids, hydromorphone, fentanyl, oxycodone, and pethidide meperidine, mm-hmm. former addicts showed a strong preference for heroin and morphine. All right. Yeah. Okay. The top of the food chain in the uh, opioid family. Suggesting that heroin and morphine are particularly susceptible to abuse and addiction. Some researchers have attempted to explain heroin use and the culture that surrounds it through the use of sociological theories. In their paper, Righteous Dope Fiend. What? That's, that's, a, that's not an academic paper. That's just some dude who like scrawled it on a, on a, uh, <laughs> on a roll, on rolling paper. Oh, I thought you were going to uh, say. Righteous Dope Fiend, man. I thought you were going to say like, on, the, on their textbook, their grade eight science yeah. textbook. Uh, yeah. That's right, on the inside cover. Righteous Draw, Dope Fiend. They wrote Righteous Dope Fiend and then drew a dick. Yeah, and then a yeah. little Van Halen logo. Yeah. Philip Bourgeois and Jeff Schoenberg used anomie theory to explain why people begin using heroin. Okay. 
They demonstrated that heroin use was caused in part by internal and external factors such as violent homes and parental neglect. Right. A lack of emotional, social, and financial support causes strain and influences individuals to engage in deviant acts, ah. including heroin usage. They called this behavior retreatism. I call it stopping giving a fuck about yourself. Yeah. You know, your life sucks. You're like, hey, that heroin's bad for you. I don't give a fuck. Well, they gave it a name, retreatism. Yeah. Right? You know, like you retreat from society and peers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I like not giving a fuckism. <laughs> you should write a, a, a paper that has a better title than, than righteous, righteous dope, dope fiends. fiends. The most righteous dope fiends. <laughs> oh, part two. Mm-hmm. The, the, uh, the, the dope- dopinist. <laughs> the, the, the fiendiest. They call the behavior retreatism in which those suffering from such strains reject society's goals and institutionalized means of achieving them. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So don't give a fuckism is kind of uh, right up, uh, right, yeah. right on. Yeah. Well, when you're at the point where you stop giving a shit about your life, you're like, well, I don't care if this stuff is bad for me because it makes me feel good and nothing else does. Mm. I, I get it. I'm glad that my life is not like that. <laughs> Who isn't glad their life isn't like that? People whose life is like that. Yeah, I guess so. I guess I, that's my definition. I, I feel bad for you. Way. Please don't do heroin. Uh, roots hey, of a, hey, no, I'm not judging. all the facts are in yet. You're not the boss of me. <laughs> the onset of heroin's effects depend upon the route of administration. Intravenous mm-hmm. injection is the fastest route of a drug administration, followed by smoking, suppository, insufflation, and ingestion. Mm-hmm. Insufflation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where uh, the cost of heroin goes up over time. <laughs> we want insufflation. <laughs> we want to stop the insufflation. Or depends t- on who you are. Yeah. Do, right? What is insufflation? Uh, oh, I guess we'll get to that. I will. Uh, I'm going to go through all of these. Oral use, ingestion of heroin is less common than the other mes- methods of administration, mainly because there's little to no rush and the effects are less potent. While the onset of injections by heroin can occur in as little as a few seconds, the oral route of administration requires approximately half an hour before the high sets in. All right. Oh, yeah. So this is a bummer. This so is officially- I could totally, I could do heroin. I just won't inject it or insufflate right. or whatever. I'll right. just, I'll sure. just. You can just swallow it, just and then it. you won't get the rush. Yeah, you get you you will get the rush, and it'll take a half hour to kick in, and uh, uh, and but you still get all the addiction. Yeah, all the addiction and none oh, of the what? fun rush. <laughs> no, heroin is entirely converted to morphine by means of first pass metabolism, resulting in deacetylation when ingested. Opiate naive users showed far less absorption of the drug at low doses, right. which which means if you're new, you don't even absorb that much of it. Yeah. Insufflation, uh, that's basically snorting. Uh, a user crushes the heroin into a fine powder and then inhales it into the nose, typically with a straw or rolled up banknote. Mm-hmm. This is what uh, Uma Thurman's character did in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Okay. But she thought it was cocaine. Yeah. So she snorted way too much. Mm-hmm. Heroin is absorbed through the soft tissue and the mucous membrane of the sinus cavity into the bloodstream. Yep. This method is preferred by users who do not want to prepare and administer heroin for injection or smoking, but mm-hmm. still look to experience a fast onset. Yeah. I don't want to poke a needle in my arm. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, exactly. in between my fingers mm-hmm. or wherever. Toes or you know, butt or whatever. Suppository. Little research has been focused on the suppository, anal insertion, or pessary, vaginal insertion methods of administration, also known as plugging. Pessary. Pessary. These methods of administration are commonly carried out using an oral syringe. Heroin can be dissolved and withdrawn into an oral syringe, which may then be lubricated and inserted into the anus or vagina before the plunger is pushed. Uh The rectum or the vaginal canal is where the majority of the drug would likely be taken up through the membrane lining their walls. Okay. Yeah, see, okay. Uh, this seems like a lot of invasive work for probably the exact same effect you get by snorting. Mm-hmm. 
So probably why it's not a particularly Maybe you don't want to sneeze note. your drugs out accidentally. <laughs> oh, I guess you could fart it out. Yeah. Queef it out. Or queef it or out. If you do the anal insertion, you probably got to like lie in your stomach for a couple minutes until you absorb it, right? You know, you can't just like, you know, walk up and just start, you know, tootling around. I think, do you think there's like ever been like a person who I'm going to do all the ways at once? That seems like a for sure way to an overdose. That seems like 100% yeah. overdose uh, territory. What if you do like, how many weights are there? Like six? There's five. Five? Mm-hmm. You just take a fifth of the amount for each one. I'm uh, not sure it works uh, that way. Uh, okay. Well, because each method will uh, have a different rate of absorption. Of absorption. Right, as right? Well as you want to do them all. So you'll, you'll <laughs> inject a bit, get a short rush, and then the butt uh, suppository is going to help out, and then the stuff you've inhaled has worked, and then later on, the stuff you've eaten has kicked in. Yeah, probably the stuff you eat and you would not notice. Yeah, you would get buried. Yeah. You would get lost in the lead or whatever. Well, as the other stuff is starting to die out, the stuff that you've eaten kicks in. So you just maintain the whole way through. Oh, God, we're giving terrible fucking That's advice. how I'm going to do yeah. it when I do heroin. Yeah, All man. five at once. All five at once. Okay. Uh, how about smoking? Go big or go home, guys. <laughs> There's also smoking. Yeah, you don't like to smoke things. Oh. Huh. Well, actually, smoking heroin does not actually mean to burn it and inhale the smoke. It actually refers to vaporizing it to inhale the resulting fumes. So it's much like vaporizing uh, weed, which we mentioned, stuff like that. You're not actually creating smoke right. when you smoke it. Okay. It's uh, steam. Yeah, it's basically steam. It's commonly smoked in glass pipes, light bulbs, or off aluminum foil, heated underneath by a flame with the resulting smoke inhaled through a tube of rolled up foil. Okay. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And then there is injection. All right. This is the granddaddy. This is the one we always see in the movies. Yeah. This is the one we see in the picture shows. Which is all that we know about pretty much. All those dope fiends are looking for a fix. Yeah. Injection, also known as slamming, banging, shooting up, digging, or mainlining, is a popular method which carries relatively greater risks than other methods of administration. When administered intravenously, heroin is two to four times more potent than morphine and faster in its onset. It very rapidly crosses the blood-brain barrier because of the presence of the acetyl groups, which render it much more fat-soluble than morphine. Mm-hmm. Heroin creates a large histamine release, resulting in the feeling of a greater subjective body high to some, but mm. also instances of pruritus itching when first using. Oh, oh, oh. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, we talked about this in the cocaine episode, because when you shoot cocaine, you get the cocaine bugs, remember? Oh, right. yeah. Under your skin, you scratch all the way to the bone. Mm. So this is probably somewhat related to that, I would imagine. I guess so. Yeah. Users tend to initially inject in the easily accessible arm veins, but as these veins collapse over time, they resort to more dangerous areas of the body, such as the femoral vein and the groin. I guess only uh, veins can only take so much, huh? I didn't realize my veins would be collapsing at any point. Well, I think you, because the same thing happens with people who have to do dialysis, like who have kidney problems. All their veins collapse and stuff after a long time. So then how does the... You got to just keep changing veins. Just think you've got a tube, like a little plastic tube, and you keep poking holes in it. Right. Poke, 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 mm. poke, poke. Eventually, okay. it just oh. loses its. So now that vein is just gone. It's, it's just not, just, it's not, it's not used anymore. Pretty much, I think. Yeah. Well, I think it, I think it's still like you know it works a little bit for trans for like transporting blood and what whatnot. What's it supposed to do? But it's no good anymore for mm. like injecting things into so it and getting it's, into it's the blood. All stream. I I can't make another hole. It's all holes. Yes. Yeah. You've turned it into a, a colander. Right. You turned it into <laughs> yeah. a blood a blood sieve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, users of this route of administration may develop a deep vein thrombosis, and uh, that is the blood clot, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. The dose of heroin used for recreational purposes is dependent on the frequency and level of use. Thus, mm-hmm. a first-time user may use between 5 and 20 milligrams, while an established addict may require several hundred milligrams per day. Sure. 
Yeah, that's a lot more. That's yeah. like 10 times more. Intravenous use of heroin with non-sterile needles or other related equipment may lead to yeah. the risk of contracting bloodborne pathogens, such as HIV and hepatitis. Yeah, I think uh, in Vancouver in particular, I think we got one of the highest rates of hepatitis C like <sighs> anywhere in the world. Man, clean your like use clean needles if you're going to do this junk. Like, yeah, I think don't the problem share. is is once you get high enough, yeah, you don't. The clean needle is like any That's... needle in a storm. Yeah, I I hear you. <laughs> Jeez. A needle in a needle stack. I'll take anything. Almost sounds like you think people shouldn't do this i'm not judging okay mm -hmm. the risk of contracting bacterial or fungal endocarditis and Ooh. possible venous sclerosis mm -hmm. well, i know venous sclerosis has something to do with the vein i know fungal is mushrooms in your body that, there you go <laughs> mushrooms in your heart endocarditis sure the drug policy alliance reports that up to 75 percent of new aids cases among women and children are directly or indirectly a consequence of injection drug use that's not surprising that is this like the family tree, yeah. family tree of poking it with needles. And then abscesses. Oh, 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 oh. I got a, I got an abscess story. My cat had an abscess once. I wonder if he was doing heroin. Oh, Possibly. yeah. Yeah, because that's the only thing it comes from. Maybe he's a hep cat. Mm -hmm. Hep C cat. Yeah, there you go. Oh, I got an abscesses story. I got a first okay. person account okay. of uh, getting a uh, intermuscular abscess. Was it from heroin? Let me read on. Okay. Injecting black tar. So this is from some, this is a first person account. So it's just, it's, I'm recounting in their words, their story. Injecting black tar heroin with dirty needles by an inexperienced hand had caused most of my more accessible veins to collapse or harden. Again, this is not me. I'm not telling this story about myself. This is somebody else's story. This is John Doe. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's Jane Doe actually, but either one. I had taken to injecting heroin into my muscles, like in my ass, shoulders, and thighs, all of which at one time or another had deep intramuscular abscesses. For weeks, I hobbled around on a cane, hoping the abscess in my thigh would just go away. Yep. The pain was so intense that I would wake up in the middle of the night in agony, my thigh throbbing. It was unbearable. Instead of seeking medical attention like a normal person, I went and found the largest syringe I could. Ooh. The abscess was deep in the muscle tissue, so I had to jam the needle in all the way to the hilt before I struck pus. <laughs> There's pus in them our thighs. Mm, fantastic. I pulled the plunger, drawing up a yellow gooey liquid. Yum. Then I unscrewed the barrel of the syringe, leaving the needle sticking out of my swollen abscess thigh what? and squirted pus into an old aluminum can. What? what? I did it again and again until the pain subsided. Oh, I see. So she's not trying to inject more heroin. No. She's just Sucking trying to pus. get yeah. pus out. So she took a giant syringe, right. jammed it into her thigh muscle God. until she hit pus. Right. I, and I quote. Digging for pus. Then she unscrewed the plunger part. Right. So it was just like an open tube into the abscess. And then just kind of shook it out. Shook, well, shook probably the squeezed, pus out. Okay. Probably squeezed. I imagine there was some squeezing involved. Gross. It was just like a giant zit in her thigh <laughs> muscle. She said she unscrewed the barrel. So she left the needle in, That's pulled her... the whole thing out. She didn't exactly. just leave, leave it open. And yeah. 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 Oh, man. No, that uh, uh, the story is not over yet. Oh, what? Uh, I waited it gets until... better though, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Happily ever after. Okay. Uh, I waited until the last minute before finally going to the emergency room. I told the doctor to slice open my thigh and drain the pus. Once he could do that, I'd be on my way. Mm, my okay. thigh had swelled to almost twice its normal size. Ooh. The doctor told me I needed surgery and a three-day IV drip of extra-strength antibiotics, or I could lose my leg or die, he pleaded. And, you're, and, he was, and she was like, oh, but yeah, but you guys don't have heroin in the hospital, so... Uh, I wasn't so sure. Maybe he was wrong. I was terrified <laughs> of not having heroin. Yes. 
Uh, and to stay in the hospital would be annoying. There's no- More annoying than a thigh twice its normal size, evidently. Filled with pus. Filled yeah. with pus. Uh, he then told me that I have plenty of pain medication, so I reluctantly agreed. Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't worry. You'll be high. Yeah. When I came to after surgery, I had a hole in my left thigh the size of two grapefruits. Two grapefruits. Wow. The surgeon said he removed over a liter of pus. Mm, That's want- a lot of pus. I want grapefruits now. Is that wrong? <laughs> That makes a lot of sense to me. Two drainage tubes were inserted in my leg above and below the rotten wound. You got to plug that hole with something, Torin. (laughs) The gate. Oh, yeah. You know what? Convenient grapefruit carrier. Yep. From now on. Oh, you know what? If she goes back to using drugs, uh, she can shoplift grapefruits very easily. That's right. And resell them on the street. Because you know you want to buy a grapefruit straight out of a a pussy leg wound. (laughs) Flavor. The gaping hole was packed with gauze, which needed changing daily. Before the nurses could change the dressing, they would increase the dosage on my morphine IV drip, plus give me an extra shot of morphine from a syringe to help with the pain. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's an abscess. That's an abscess story and a half. Well, you know what they say, abscess makes the heart grow fun. (laughs) Oh, oh, really? Well, certainly, it makes the heart grow fonder for the missing pieces of your thigh.
I want to talk about toxic leukoencephalopathy. Toxic snuffleupagus? Yes. Toxic leukoencephalopathy. Okay. It's got something to do with the brain? Yeah. A small percentage of heroin smokers and occasionally IV users may develop symptoms of toxic leukoencephalopathy. It's got something to do with the brain. I know that. Yeah. I know encephalopathy. Oh, or could be something to do with squids. Squids and cephalopodopathy. That's right. That's right. Squids and cuttlefish. It's It's cuddling your brain. I like brain cuddling. Mm-hmm. A rare condition that is characterized by progressive damage to the white matter in the brain, particularly myelin, and has three stages described. The first stage features soft pseudobulbar speech, hmm. cere- <laughs> cerebellar ataxia, motor restlessness, and apathy slash bradyphrenia. I don't know what those things are. Yeah. Bradyphenia is a neurological term referring to the slowness of thought common to many disorders okay. of the brain. So oh, okay. Slow thought. Dopiness. Yeah. Yeah. What? dopiness. I think so. Mm-hmm. The intermediate stage you become, includes uh, not the, George Lenny. Lenny, tell me about the rabbits, George. Mm-hmm. When do I get my next hit? <laughs> the intermediate stage includes spastic paresis, mm. uh-huh. myoclonic jerks. Oh, I know what that oh, is. Oh yeah. Oh, that's that's Joe. He's, He's a, a myoclonic, myoclonic jerk. jerk. We talked about myoclonic jerks in the sleep disorders episode. Oh, that's when you're like, <laughs> there you go. And chloroathetoid movements. Whoa, chloroathetoid. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, another character in the opioids TV series. Mm, Clario at the toy. You should pitch this at uh, Atomic Cartoons. Oh, I'm not running it all down. The I opioids. don't need to. It's recorded in a podcast. Got it. Got it. You just air this for them and be like the opioids. <laughs> so those are those are combinations of chorea, which are Ill- irregular migrating contractions, and atheosis, which is twisting and writhing. So just, a more you more just move your body. Yeah, more, oh yeah, well, spazziness. Yeah, we do yeah. see that in in you know uh, performances of. Yeah. Of heroin users, yeah. And in performance art. Yep. Uh, I see. I think the... Burlesque. Dark as the Hillside Thickets should it's write, cool. or AKA you, should uh, write the opioids theme song, right? You know, like the opening sequence for uh, the opioids cartoon show. Here come the opioids. Watch their choreoathetoid movements. <laughs> Got it. Nailed it. The final or terminal stage is characterized by Uh-oh. stretching spasms, akinetic mutism, hypotonic paresis, central pyrexia, and death. Oh, I know what that last one is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, when you hear something described as terminal, you're either meeting somebody at the train station or it's going to turn up very badly. <laughs> and that's it. Just a, just a, uh, <laughs> I've got terminal cancer. Oh, you're going to die? No, I'm, just, I'm at I the train station right yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> I just hate being here a lot. Leukoencephalopathy caused oh. by inhalation of heroin known as chasing the dragon syndrome chasing the dragon. has been recognized for over 25 years. The exact mechanism and underlying pathophysiology remain unknown, and the clinical severity also varies among patients, exposure time, concentration, and purity of, of the toxic agent. One speculation is that the disorder is caused by an uncommon cutting agent that is only active when heated. Hmm. So the thing that they're cutting, not right. the heroin specifically, but right. the thing that's yeah. called. Uh-huh. Uh, however, no such agent has been identified, and the condition has been observed in subjects with contaminant-free opiates. Okay. Which kind of puts the kibosh on that theory. Yeah. Yeah. Cases include a 65-year-old woman who mistakenly took three times the dose of methadone that had been prescribed for pain management, and a young girl intoxicated with pure morphine sulfate tablets. Mm. So not just heroin. But, yeah. Lots of opiates can do this kind of stuff. Well, you know, uh, one more way that uh, you can die, right? You know, a little toxoleukoencephalopathy, mm-hmm. dopiness, twitching, and then death. Choreography. But, you know. Oh, choreography, really? You can always just stop, though, right, Kev? You can always just quit. Yeah, exactly. Just stop and nothing, no problems, right? 
Well, I'm sure we're going to get to that at some point in time during the episode. With regards to withdrawal. Oh, uh, so I'm. That's, that's, well, you need, you got to go to the bank and take out some money so you can get your heroin. Mm-hmm. No, right. it's when you come from Texas. Mm-hmm. And oh, I'm withdrawal. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And, and this is me without drawl. Uh huh. <laughs> or or the method by which you exercise birth control if you're in Texas, the withdrawal method. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sleep with that guy. He talks funny. Right. <laughs> yeah. Precisely. The withdrawal syndrome from heroin may begin within six to twenty-four hours of discontinuation of the drug. Wow. Uh, you only need six hours to start getting yep. uh, the the Joneses. However, this time frame can fluctuate with the degree of tolerance as well as the amount of the last consumed dose. Uh-huh. Symptoms may include sweating, malaise, uh-huh. which is a short version of mayonnaise, mm-hmm. anxiety. Aren't uh-huh. those the opposite? Malaise is like, meh, and well, malaise is you don't really move around a lot, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mayonnaise, you'd put that in a sandwich. Yeah. Anxiety, depression, priapism. Oh my God, I'm suffering from heroin withdrawal right now. Remember priapism? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's when boners. you got the boners. Yeah. Uh, extra sensitivity of the genitals. That's a good thing. Oh. Or is it a bad thing? Depends, depends on your normal <laughs> static state. Yeah. General feeling of heaviness. No, you know what I think? I think uh, extra sensitivity in the genitals would be a bad thing because then you'd just be thinking about your genitals all the time. Like, oh. Oh, these pants. Yeah. These pants are scratched. Do you really go, I wish my genitals were more sensitive? <laughs> Ah <laughs> oh, man, you know, yeah. this feels good, but I wish I could feel it even more heightened and intense. No, I, th- I think it's normally, wow. Yeah, I think uh, this I think is this where it should be. Drawback. This this would be, and you're not necessarily a bad thing in and of itself. It's just, it would be a bad thing if you wanted to get anything else accomplished. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excessive yawning or sneezing. Mm-hmm. Tears. Mm-hmm. Rhinorrhea. Are you sure it's tears or is it tears? Tears. It might be, te- it might be tear tears. <laughs> you just like start ripping paper. Crying no, 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 the, the crying time. is just tearing down your face because oh, wow. they're so they got little barbs in them or something. <laughs> Whoa, what the? Rhinorrhea just means runny nose, I think. Yeah, although <laughs> it's a much better word. Rhinorrhea. I like, I like, I like to think of, of a rhino having the trots. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got rhinorrhea. Could, could this oh. be another World Wildlife Federation of <laughs> Justice villain? <laughs> rhinorrhea. He <laughs> fills everybody up with mucus. No, he gives them the trot. Insomnia. Mm-hmm. The cold sweats. Yeah. Chills. Severe muscle and bone aches, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, cramps, watery eyes, tears, mm -hmm. fever and cramp-like pains and involuntary spasms in the limbs. Is that where kicking the habit comes from? Thought to be. All right. Symptoms tend to peak at 48 to 72 hours, but the individual will usually still have some symptoms up to a week after they quit. Ugh. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, these sound like pretty horrible symptoms, but uh, you did. It's this is just the scales of justice, man. Like uh, you had all that time living it up, high on heroin, and you got to pay the piper. So yeah, up to three days and it's brutal, and then four more days of hard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's a general rule. And then all you have to do is forget about how fucking good it felt. <laughs> yeah. No big yeah. deal. Let's put it behind you. Yeah, no big deal. Then yeah. all you have to do is care about yourself. Yeah. And, maybe, and pe- maybe people little, don't have any problem doing that, caring little, about themselves. Maybe a little less self-destructive. Yeah. Nobody ever goes through a period in their life where they just stop giving a fuck. Mm. Some people will also suffer continued post-acute withdrawal sy- symptoms, and these can last months, which can include a feeling of fog in the brain, right. which I believe is a British... Delicacy. Oh no, no, yeah, no, no, it's 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 uh it's it's uh, closely related to tinnitus, where you usually where you hear the ringing in your ears, only just you, like a... you just hear. 
It's the fog horn <laughs> in the brain. Yeah. Uh, abnormal sleep pattern. Mm-hmm. Difficulty managing stress. Yep. Mood swings. Memory problems. Repetitive thinking. Repetitive thinking. Repetitive thinking? Repetitive thinking. Repetitive, repetitive thinking. thinking. Repetitive thinking. Uh-huh. And difficulty concentrating. What? <laughs> Some strategies an individual can employ to ease their transition through heroin withdrawals. Oh, this is a public service announcement. Write a letter to yourself prior to detox and clearly outline the reasons to stop as well as your aspirations for the future. At low emotional points, you can refer back to this letter for motivation. I believe it. Because we've talked about how it affects your brain, right? Yeah. And how sluggish thinking. So you might be like, why am I doing this? It's terrible. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this yeah. Is what I, I mean. wrote that down. Well, That's what I mean. I, my problem was, if I wrote myself a letter like this, I would probably start making fun of myself. Yeah. Listen, idiot. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah. Twat. Now you're reading the letter. That means you suck at this. <laughs> you sucked at, at, at being on heroin and now you suck at getting off of heroin. You suck. I'd be a demotivating factor. Yeah, then you'd be like, well, nothing matters now. Might as well get high. <laughs> this guy seemed like a much funnier guy. Be, be positive, Kevin. Yeah. Enter rehab or any protected environment with physical and emotional support. Yeah. This will greatly increase your chance of success. Buddy right. system, yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. The buddy system. Buddy system make sure with, the buddy is not on heroin. Buddy, yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Make sure your buddy is also not kicking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One way to deal with cravings is to put them on hold. You make a commitment to stay clean for one more hour. Just one more hour. Oh, this is baby steps. Yeah, when you reach the end of that hour, you make a commitment to wait just one more hour, and so on. This is like when Captain Kirk, yes, we're savages, but we won't kill today. Today we won't kill. (laughs) I don't know if anyone remembers that. I I definitely do not remember that. No, which one's that from? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Certain medications such as buprenorphine... And naltrexone. Wait, is that like, is, is buprenorphine what they stick in like blueberry uh, cereal? Yes, yeah, that's, that's where I get my buprenorphine from. Yeah. <laughs> it's hauntingly relaxing. I just, I'm curious why you pronounced it buprenorphine. <laughs> because, because he saw the boo part and then went, how the fuck do you pronounce the rest of this? So his, his body just went, extend the U until you figure it out. <laughs> I love it. These medications block the effects of heroin, so even if the individual you uh, do give into cravings, you would not get high and not give satisfaction. All right. Okay. It's a good idea to stock the environment with plenty of easily digestible food. Hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, like problem. Uh, so this is train spotting. It's like train spotting went through all of this. Like, oh, yeah, me, this like, is the scene where you McGregor is like one bucket for feces, yeah. one bucket for vomitus, yeah. plenty of pornography. Yeah. Uh, now just one more hit to ease the pain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so stock your environment with food, magazines, and books to read, or what? anything else that might be required. This is video this, games would be my choice probably. Yeah, yeah. They should just call this the train spotting, uh, right. you know, theory. Make it unnecessary to leave while you're in the middle of withdrawals. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. yeah. So that you don't accidentally run into your drug dealer. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You don't. Hey. Make sure you have enough toilet paper. Yeah. Ensure you are not going to be disturbed by drug using friends. Yeah. We already talked about that. That makes a lot of sense. It is vital that. You, you, you imagine you're sitting there, you're trying to, you're going through withdrawal and somebody's standing next to you, like, you know, smoking heroin or whatever. Yeah. Like, dude, you look terrible, man, but good <laughs> on you. Like, congratulations. <laughs> I really uh, applaud your uh, resolve. Yeah, that's not going to work. It is vital that you have realistic expectations when you kick your heroin habit. If you expect everything to be perfect right away, you are sure to be disappointed and more likely to use again. Hmm. Huh? Like most opioids, 
unadulterated heroin does not cause many long-term complications other than dependence and constipation. <laughs> oh, this is transpotting again. Yeah. They're talking about yeah. the constipation. That's why he has to go to the, when I, he finally gets off it, he has to go to the worst toilet my, in, in, in Scotland. My opinion of transpotting, which was already very high, yeah. is even higher now. Yeah, because it's becoming painfully obvious, like how accurate its depictions yeah. are. Yeah. The average purity of street heroin varies between 30 and 50%. And heroin that has been seized at the border has purity levels between six, between 40 and 60%. Mm. This variation has led to people overdosing as a result of the heroin missing a stage on its journey from port to end user. As each set of hands that the drug passes through adds further adulterants, yeah. the strength of the drug reduces. As a result, if steps are missed, the purity of the drug reaching the end user is higher than they are used to. Yeah, I mean, that that uh, makes a lot of sense, right? Because everyone, like, tries to make the drug stretch farther so that they so can they make more money. And, and yeah. then, then you get, then somebody gets used to shooting up, like, the 20% version, and then they get the 40% version. Or they, the 60. And they yeah. do the same shot. This actually, uh, a, a, um, a batch of really pure heroin hit Campbell River, the town I grew up in. Mm-hmm. And, like, in one summer, nine people died from an overdose. And uh, when... You know, it's a town of like 17,000 people. So when you project it over a per capita population, it was like the... It was like a plague. It, it was yeah. like the highest rate of overdo- heroin overdose in like in all of North America. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. All from that, uh, the good stuff. The, the ironic, you get taken down by the good stuff. What does it take to overdose, Kevin? Uh, the median lethal dose for an average 75 kilogram opiate naive individual is between 75 and 600 milligrams. That's a pretty wide swath. That's a, that's a, that's not, it's not 75 and 100, it's 75 Mm -hmm. and 600. Right. Like, so everybody is different. It's probably why it's so hard to tell if you're going to overdose from a shot or not. Because I guess if your overdose level is high, then maybe you also need more to get high. So you never, yeah, you never know what you're going to take. It's just the width of your membranes. Mm Mm-hmm. Insane in the membrane. Less to do with your body weight. Yeah. An estimated 100,000 deaths worldwide are attributed to heroin overdose annually. Uh, Depending on drug interactions and numerous other factors, death from overdose can take anywhere from several minutes to several hours. Mm -hmm. The primary cause is from suppression of the breathing reflex. However, many fatalities reported as overdoses are probably caused by interactions with other depressant drugs such as alcohol or benzodiazepines. Like this is, you know, all those um, celebrities who, you know, you hear about mm. the overdose or whatever. There always seems to be like a drug cocktail right. or yeah. alcohol or yeah. something else that's kind of a factor that, you know, interacts dangerously with the combination. This is why PharmaSave used to have those ads about, you know, consult with us about all of your prescriptions so we can tell you what's a good idea and not a good idea. Right. They called it like SafeWatch or something. Yeah. Some, so get your heroin from the pharmacy. We can do the safe watch. Uh, As well, since heroin can cause nausea and vomiting, a significant number of deaths attributed to heroin overdose are caused by aspiration of vomit by unconscious victims. Oh. Mm -hmm. Uh, It has been speculated that a portion of heroin-related deaths are as a result of an allergic reaction to quinine, which may sometimes be used as a cutting agent. Oh. The Uh, anti-malarial. Sorry, guys. I can't do heroin because I'm allergic. To quinine. Mm -hmm. I just leave that part out. Oh, Okay. So that, why you think it's going to like, you're going to lose street cred over being allergic to quinine? Yep. Oh, trying to impress all your hair. Well, they can say, oh, well, there's no quinine. Oh, here's a question. You're kind of a rock star. Uh, (laughs) We laugh, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, you're kind of a rock star. So uh, do you ever know anybody who did heroin? Yes. Maybe. (laughs) 
Well, I mean, I that has admitted have. it to you. I mean, or, or, or that you that know you've witnessed. You never witnessed it. I have not witnessed it. No, I haven't either. Outside of me living in the downtown east side. And that was not people oh, I Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was heroin or not, but I was doing some PA work on Step Up 5 down in Chinatown. Yeah. And uh, while I was standing there just guarding the generator truck, mm-hmm. some guys were walking down the street, stepped five feet into the alley I was in, put his leg up on the garbage can, pulled up his pant leg and went thunk and stuck a needle in his leg and mm-hmm. then went, oh, yeah, and then kept walking. Well, yeah. So it's like, okay, I just saw that. Yeah. I, I'm guessing heroin, but who knows? Yeah. I don't know these things. Yeah, and a lot of different things. Just saline solution. Or maybe he's diabetic, but he sure seemed to be happy about it. So mm. uh-huh. I uh, was a big fan of a band called the Distillers, right? And uh, the lead singer of that band was a lady named Brody Dahl. And uh, uh, they played in Vancouver one point. I didn't make the show. Very disappointed. I was working. It was like a midweek show. Um, but a guy that I know was at the, the show backstage and uh, she came up to him and asked him where she could get drugs. And he said, well, I got weed in my pocket. And she said, no, heroin. He goes, <laughs> no, I can't, I can't help you with that. She's like, okay. And just kept on walking. So you're like, uh, all right, all right. It's, uh, it's unfortunate, but I like the music. Yeah. I've walked down Granville Street at night with a guy looking at me, well, with one of his eyes going, H, H. H. Oh, just like that um, Sesame Street. Ad. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, precisely. He kind of did look like a fucked up Muppet, actually. Final factor contributing to overdoses is place conditioning. Huh? Heroin use is a highly ritualized behavior, and long-term heroin users display increased tolerance to the drug in locations where they have repeatedly administered. Huh. If a user injects in a different location, this environment condition tolerance does not occur, resulting oh. in a greater drug effect, which can easily lead to overdose. That is oh, wild. Isn't that crazy? That is so wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like, if you shoot in your house, then you will have a much higher tolerance in your house than anywhere else that you shoot up. How do you do a scientific study to find out how this works? Oh, wait. Like, that's not completely immoral. Oh, mm. I was thinking, like, injection location on your body. Yeah, no, this is uh, this is actual the environment in which right. you, it's not on your body. It's oh, the okay. environment in which you actually inject the drug. So if you inject the drug in your house, yep. and then you go to the supermarket and inject there, I don't know how much that, how often I, that happens, or well, an alley yeah, or whatever. Ba- bathroom in the supermarket. Bathroom in the supermarket. Then you will have a lower tolerance than your regular injection location. Weird. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's, that's bonkers. That's really bizarre. Uh, heroin overdose is usually treated with opioid antagonists such as naloxone or naltrexone, which have high affinity for opioid receptors but does not activate them. This automatically reverses the effects of heroin and causes an immediate return of consciousness but may precipitate withdrawal symptoms. Oh. So it's that bit from uh, uh, Pulp Fiction where they uh, uh, they jam the, the, uh, the, the giant needle, needle into... into into Uma Thurman's chest and she comes, sits straight up with that yep. big gasp of air and then, you know, looks around with the giant needle sticking out of her She's chest. She's full and of Noluxone. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm pretty sure that's not, didn't we discuss it in, was it addiction? I think uh, Dr. Rob said you don't actually do it that way or something like that whole plunge it through your chest. It's very, it's very dramatic. But yeah. It looks great on camera. It does, yeah. It's such a weird feeling to know you're alive. It's such an awful feeling. You're dying inside, and when you wake up, startled to say, I hope I don't go crazy today. It's such a bad feeling, an ominous feeling, a feeling you know that we'll be back when the week is new. And we'll have more gross facts for you.
And you have things you want to hear about. We will too. Caustic Soda was recorded by Mike Leeson while being torn apart by rabid squirrels. To comment on episodes, make donations, and for links, images, videos, and show notes, visit causticsodapodcast.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Visit us on Facebook. Tweet us on Twitter at Caustic Podcast. Email us at info at causticsodapodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Next time on Caustic Soda. Yeah, nothing explodes. Right. Yeah, no? Except for drug use. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this guy should, when he gets out of prison, become like the next David Copperfield. This guy's got a career <laughs> in stage magic, for sure. Like, the sleight of hand that this guy is capable of. <laughs> It's something else entirely.